very nicely done today. See, I'm trying to start with that. I feel like it's a it's a really good, you know, it draws the listener in. <laughs> Got my attention. See, that's all we needed right there. <laughs> all right, so today we're going to go over uh, lockers before light bars or vice versa. So um, that is a common thing that I've heard so long. Um, I, I mean, it may have been like a started thing because I was obviously a really cool cat in the Jeep community. Um, but have you ever heard, has anybody ever said that to you or have you like heard that discussed ever? Uh, I've been more on the performance stuff. So bang before bling. Bang before bling. So what's that? Explain that to me. I don't even know what that means. Uh, so usually if you're going to upgrade your vehicle before anything, you're going to want intake, exhaust, um, some other bolt-on stuff before you start throwing on wheels, tires, tints, oh, all you. that fun stuff. Okay, so that's kind of along the lines of this lockers before light bars. So for any of you out there in podcast world listening, and for you as well, Sean, um, it's always been like a running joke that um, if you like all the people with Jeeps, you know, but I mean, everybody's really done it. This light bar thing has become this huge uh, cult following, if you will. Um, so there's always jokes that people have light bars on their Jeeps because it's a cheap, really quick thing. And then they get stuck off road and they say, oh, it's because you did light, light bars before lockers. You know, you didn't do the right upgrades first. Well, <clears throat> um, you know, I start thinking about that, right? So I've never actually had lockers in any of my off-road vehicles. Now, I'm not saying I've never gotten stuck. I've gotten stuck quite a bit, but um, never to the point that, like, I sat there and I thought to myself, gosh, darn it, they were right. I should have done light or lockers first, you know? Um, honestly, I, I think that kind of goes with the... Um, the cool factor, if you will, like everybody, everybody wants to go with a cool factor before a functional thing. But like, honestly, lights are pretty functional, man. Like, I, like I've used my lights a lot more than I ever would have used lockers. Well, so like, here's the thing though, too, is like modern day vehicles, your headlights are super bright now. Like you don't really need a light bar, especially if you upgrade them to LED bulbs and stuff like I have on my truck. I, I have a light bar. It's kind of pointless, I think, but, but also See, again, now, like, how I, I feel like, I feel like, um, the lighting depending, like depending where you're putting it or what you're using it as like accent. So like for me, when I take my truck at nighttime, like obviously, you know, I've got brights and stuff. So like I can see on the road when I'm driving, but off-roading, I honestly, when I had my Jeep, that light bar that I had on my Jeep was super, super useful i mean i had uh i had four lights on the roof and then i had two facing backwards so it worked out because i could obviously see going forward if i needed but then also um when i set up camp and everything i had lights backwards shining on my setup so i could actually see and not be blinded at night so it's not necessarily a a use specific for moving your vehicle, but I mean, it did help backing up and stuff like that, obviously. Oh yeah. Obviously. But, I mean, Especially when you honestly, tip the window limo, limo tent. Right. And <laughs> honestly, I, um, 
I mean, I use that so much more than I would have, uh, like my actual lockers or anything. I mean, I did have a winch again. So like, I feel like something we should get out of the way before, like we go like super deep into this, like I already am. Um, I think if you're like gonna you're gonna be that person that says lockers before light bars, you shouldn't say lockers. You should say you know recovery gear before light bars because I feel like there's so much better recovery ways out there, effective and cheaper than lockers are. And I, like people get caught up in having to have the newest best thing. And man, a winch to me is way better than lockers. Oh, absolutely. So like winch and the now, traction boards. <laughs> those traction boards were awesome. <laughs> but to me, that's like, you know, that I could, I could get down with that argument, you know, recovery before light bars, because honestly you can, like you said, you've got really super bright headlights that you can get away with and stuff. So you can push off that. But I mean, the thing is, is the light bars, the good thing for them too, is they're cheap. You know, they're easy to install for the most part. And like I said, it does make driving it in the dark a lot easier. So if you are, for instance, stuck on a trail, um, you know, something crazy where you're not going to be able to get out or find your campsite in time, you do have that extra lighting now. So I, mean, I think they are. I think they've got their place. That That's where I was going to cut in a little bit. It's like, how often are you actually driving at night, though, to use that light bar? I mean, yeah, so, it's closer to the end of the day when you're trying to find camp if you're like missing all your checkpoints i guess or say are you just going unless you want to do a night ride too i've barely rarely other than when we went down to the ozarks is when i needed my light bar so i mean that's a really you know that's a really good argument to say because i i used my lights but that was in my jeep you know i don't have any lights on i don't have any, any kind of auxiliary lighting on that truck but i used my lights in my jeep but we did do a lot of actual like nighttime off-roading when i did the trans wisconsin just because we did not have a clear set up stop so like it started getting dark and none of us were smart enough to say hey guys uh maybe we should slow down and actually find a spot so that's really just you know it, it's it's stupidity um is when you're going to use them but i mean i've used them i've used them quite a bit but i will tell you that I don't, I mean, I, I'm so two-sided for this argument. I'm not like, I can't tell you for sure that, yeah, go ahead and do the lights or go ahead and do the recovery gear light bars, but, or lockers, I mean. But I feel like, well, I feel like I've used them relatively frequently. Well, here's the thing though, too, is does your vehicle come with a stock locker? Like my truck comes with a G80 automatic locker. So yeah. I already have that rear locker. I could go right through the light bars if I wanted to. See, and that's actually one of my points I was going to make, too. Like, a lot of, especially trucks nowadays, have, you know, automatic lockers from the factory. And, I mean, you've got Jeeps and Land Cruisers and Forerunners and et cetera that actually come with electric lockers or air lockers from the factory, too. So, I mean, it's such a um, such an old-school argument that a lot of people stick to in, like, the hardcore off-roading communities just to bring up and make fun of folks. And I... I just, I don't know if there's a lot of merit to it anymore. I don't know if there was really ever any merit to start with. Well, it, it also goes all the way back to the type of vehicle you have, too, and what it comes with. Because, like I said, like, my truck comes stock with it. And I think your Tundra comes stock with it now, too. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's, 
And that's got... <laughs> 10 years now of a vehicle being stock with already equipped at least a rear locker. I mean, it can not control on demand of how you want it, but the when the truck senses the wheel spinning, it engages and then you have that locker. Right. And so now here's, uh, you know, another argument for lockers. If you had to install them yourself, um, you've actually got a bunch of different types of lockers. So obviously, like we've already talked about this, basically a glorified limited slip differential is, is, is basically what we have in, in with that for lack of better terms. But there are aftermarket ones you can buy for your vehicle. You know, if we're going to try and make the argument that light bars are cheaper, you've got lunchbox or like the auto lockers. So, I mean, you can throw one in your rear end relatively cheap and it'll do exactly what our trucks will do. Um, I mean, maybe just a little bit better. How cheap you really want to go. If it's just your off-road vehicle, you could always weld it. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and that's kind of, this is a way to do that automatically you know so now that's there you go now we're, we're just i'm just jumping all over the place i'm like caffeined up today <laughs> <laughs> but um you ruin your drivability with lockers sometimes and you don't really ruin your drivability if you put light bars on so you know you get that because if you put your if you put your light bars on you're going to get some whistle you're going to get some annoying noise you're going to get the cool factor. Um, <laughs> Look at me and my 50-inch <laughs> light bar. But it's not going to actually affect your driving of your vehicle. You're still going to be able to daily drive it without issues. If you put auto lockers in... Unless um, you wired it wrong and put wire nuts on it, and then you start electrical fire, and then your car goes up in fire. Well, we're all professionals here. We're all YouTube <laughs> mechanics. <laughs> um, you have... You've now ruined your vehicle. Like you're going to go around corners and feel it lock on its own because it's still trying. You're it's realizing your your wheels are spinning different speeds and it gets upset at that. So like, that's an issue. You're going to wear out tires a little bit faster. You might hook on the road and scare yourself like we've done with our auto lockers before. <laughs> um, you you can't really drive in the snow as good with auto lockers because they will slip so easily and that's something that you're really not, you're really not expecting to be honest. So like what I'm at a loss for words right now. I'm trying to form this in my head, but like the, the lockers, in my opinion, unless you've gone really expensive and gotten yourself like an ARB automatic lock or not automatic, a manual locker. So you're actually flipping the switch yourself, telling it when you want to engage, you're honestly doing more harm than good in my opinion, because you know, again, how often are you going to actually use them off-roading? You know, I mean, how many how many trails have we done recently that we are totally fine in two-wheel drive, not counting the really bad trails? Like, I'm trying to put those out of my head. The, the rock crawling doesn't count. But well, I mean, have you actually... <laughs> when my CV axle went out, my locker kicked in most of the time, and I made it all the way through in two-wheel drive. Right. So, I mean, that was an emergency case, so it works in it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I came here with this argument that I thought I was going to make that they're kind of stupid I, and they're not stupid. They're good, but that you can do some s- dumber things before. And now I'm just sitting here like, man, everything I say is very contradicting of what I'm trying to think. <laughs> so maybe, maybe you should do lockers before light bars. I, I think so. 
I mean, depending on if it's the research of vehicle that you buy, if it already has an automatic locker or comes standard with lockers, like I know um, the Tacomas, I think you at least have a button for the rear locker. So most of your Jeeps nowadays have a button for your rear locker. Um, or you yeah. can get into the full-size pickup trucks, at least if they have a decent four-wheel drive system. At least I know for GM, we do have the G80 locker and a four-wheel drive uh, pickup truck and that's an automatic locker and it works great um going back to what you say about while driving or drivability on the roadway and stuff like that i know at least with the gm vehicles have a little dial um to put in actual two-wheel drive auto four high or four wheel. now <clears throat> doing my research on vehicles and everything else like that if you keep the GM um, selectability in auto mode, you will throw out that transfer case because it's, like you said, during the snow time, it's going to go in and out a lot. So you're going to wear that out. It's going to burn up that motor. It's going to burn up that actuator and everything else like that. So preventability, doing my own research and everything, at least on my truck, I keep it in two-wheel drive all the time. The dial says two up until I hit the trail. And if I need four-wheel drive, then it goes right over the four-wheel drive. Other than that, it will not engage the locker or anything else like that. It just stays in the two-wheel drive mode. So honestly, the Toyota setup, from at least my specific truck, you've got obviously your two-high, your four-high, your four-low. And then I still don't know 100% how to do it. I've tried to like read the manual and just got distracted. But you have a option to select your locker. I say that in quotations um, on or off. And I know when it goes into, I think when it goes into low, um, it comes on when your traction control system shuts off automatically. So there's some kind of like, as soon as you're in low, it automatically kicks on the computer recognizes it and says, okay, we're going to go ahead and now, as soon as it detects any spin, it's going to go. Um, Cause I, I, I've seen people say that you can turn it off. Um, Cause it's an automatic thing, even when you're in two wheel drive and then it'll just all of a sudden randomly hook on wet pavement or something and scare the heck out of you. Uh, but there's, I mean, if you have a vehicle nowadays, that's like newer than 2010, I would say you might have something really similar. So that does defeat your ideas of lockers before light bars because you're getting it from the factory if it's four-wheel drive. So it's, I guess it's really in studying your own vehicle and knowing your, your technology. And now we've come to full circle where I'm going to tell you, if you've bought your vehicle, just go ahead and put light bars on it because you've probably got one. <laughs> now, I, also, uh, we got a new pickup truck. It's a Ford F. 250 um with the four-wheel drive system and everything else for a pole vehicle now that has a standard locker from the factory also with the four-wheel drive but in order to engage that locker where the knob is i actually think it's kind of cool by ford that they did this where the knob is to put in your two high four four high four low or whatever you pull the knob out and that engages your locker oh that is cool Right? I'm like, oh, I wish my truck had that. 
I'm not a Ford fan, but like they do do some stuff that I really like. Yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty <laughs> neat. And like, and but that goes to show you that's another full full size truck from the factory. I mean, it's not even a fully loaded one, like a Lariat or Tremor package, that it has that rear locker already. So now let's go completely off topic, okay? Because honestly, this was a really quick, like, clean cut. Both of us were kind of just like, eh. Even though I I thought I was gonna say light bars. To try and you know, I was trying to come up with a good argument, but there's really not a good argument for it. Um, again, off topic. What do you like the new four wheel drive shifter knobs? Uh, for what vehicle? For anything. I mean, how they're going now. So, I've had a plethora of different ways to shift in a four wheel drive. So, I've had the on the floor shifter where you're actually manually doing it. You're pulling it. You can feel it engage. You can hold on to it when you start moving. So you know, you're in it. I've had the push a button. It'll go into four wheel drive. I've had the knobs where you turn it into four wheel drive. And I'm going to be honest with you. I absolutely hate this disconnection that we've been going to where I have to just actually, it's all electronic shifter instead of that manual four wheel drive, like the Jeep still have. And I think, no, I don't think the Rams do anymore, but I think the Rams were the last one that actually have a four-wheel drive manual shifter in it for trucks. Uh, truck. GM work truck with four-wheel drive still has the four manual shifter. Really? So I don't know why they ever got rid of that, to be honest with you. Luxury? Feel like, yeah, but I mean... I mean, I think about have... it back to the days where you had to pull that lever and then you had to get out and turn your lockers, uh, yes. your front hubs to engage those lockers you had to manually turn and out and if it was below i want to say at least 10 degrees or so you had to really make sure that your gear lube was up to full and everything else like that otherwise they seized up yeah but i mean is that really like it's just for looks at that point for luxury because is it that is it that hard to just pull a shifter like you've already gotten a four-wheel drive vehicle so like why why not have that you know what I'm saying? Like, why do you have to have the button instead of the manual shift? It's why is that luxury? for the consumer, for your everyday person that's not, I say, the off-roader or overlander. So it could be just your typical average Joe person that's like, oh, I'm going to buy this vehicle because I'm in a northern climate that reaches snow and ice. I can have the option of four-wheel drive. And all I have to do now is either push a button or turn a knob. And that's why they also added the auto four-wheel drive. So you could just leave it on that and it automatically kicks in so the vehicle does everything for you. The auto four-wheel drive to me is more of a dummy-proof thing than a luxury for sure. But, I mean, even that, like, I just, I don't know. I, I just miss, I miss that manual shift. I feel like that should have never gone away, but... I guess I guess I'm just in a different bracket of people, which makes sense. I mean, I miss that on my blazer. It's like you're driving down the road, like you could you could do it while you're rolling, but you had to be like under 40 miles an hour, and you just put that hand on that lever and you slowly put it into four high. You just feel everything just grab and go. <laughs> yeah, I just I hate the uncertainty of four wheel drive without it. And I mean, it's not like I'm I don't trust my vehicle to go in four wheel drive, but. Like when I had my Jeep and you shifted it, if you were on any kind of hill, like you decided, hey, I actually need four-wheel drive now. Any kind of hill you were on, sometimes it would pop right back out. It never like fully engaged. And so like sometimes now with these 
uh, electronic ones, you'll sit and it'll just keep blinking. It just keeps blinking, keeps blinking, keeps blinking, and you never actually know if it's a if it's a computer issue or if it's like a transmission issue or if there's an issue with where you're parked or if it's user error. You know, the Jeep one was so simple. So if I was on a weird climate, uh, climate, Jesus. If I was on a weird angle or something like that, I'd hold it, I'd shift it. You could feel it grab the gears and then I'd put it in drive if I wasn't ready to drive and go forward while I was still holding it. You could feel it fully engage and you're like, okay, I know my vehicle's in four wheel drive right now. Like, so <laughs> for you, you thought you were in four wheel drive when we had, when you messed up your CV axle. Yeah, because it like... was still, it technically it's still engaged, just the driver's just... side. But since the passenger side was free flowing, it wasn't fully engaged. So the way that the GM one works for the front one, because it's not a locker, it's just another, uh, I forgot the word of it. But it needs both, both tires to spin in order to engage the four-wheel drive for the front differential so if that the since the passenger one was that uh, cv axle was busted it wasn't grabbing onto the other side to turn the driver's side wheel so that's why it recognized that the actuator locked in the place but there was nothing there to spin i guess easiest way to say it yeah, I guess that was. I guess you probably would have still had issues with it, even with the manual. I'm just a, just an old school, like, classic mechanical technology, not electronic technology. I mean, we've discussed that before, but I just feel like I know more about my vehicle when I've got that manual shifter instead of the little knobs. At least my truck, I know when it goes in because I can hear the actuator, and the truck yeah. will actually jump forward a little bit. The only thing that's electric on my truck is the sending unit to when you want it to be put in four-wheel drive. You just turn the dial, the electrical current gets sent to the actuator, the actuator sends it, sends that locking gear into the front differential, so then you engage the four-wheel drive. So what I'm hearing from you, uh, essentially you're telling me I am just a hater and I should just get on with the times. I, <laughs> hey, everyone has their own preference. I mean, I, st I still like uh, a solid axle front end that you can put a locker in. Now, how GM and Ford with their new vehicles have a IFS front and rear locker, I think it's cool how it works. I have no freaking clue. IFS, honestly and arguably, is better off-road than solid axle. That's a very controversial thing that I just said there. That might be for another topic, but, but it also, de behind <laughs> also depends <laughs> on how your IFS is set up. Now, if it's stock or not coming from the factory built for off-road, it's going to suck. The The weakest part is the CV axles, for sure. Um, yeah, I went through two. But there's a lot of vehicles that actually realize that and... Um, can solve those issues with beefier ones i guess oh yeah but, there's definitely a high class of aftermarket out there of beefier cv axle i mean all your trophy racing trucks and baja trucks and stuff like that are all ifs right 
it's it's a I mean it's obviously a smoother ride. That's why everybody switched to it. But I mean it's it's there's a lot more moving parts for sure. But I mean there's a ton of issues with with solid axles too. I mean the the biggest one being that everybody always talks about and sees is the death wobble. That's not just a Jeep thing. It's just a solid axle thing, because you you have one piece of uh, equipment that loosens up a little bit, and it just throws off the whole balance of the axle. And your your ride is terrible. It's just all over the place. But I actually drove I mean, a Ford pickup truck that actually ended up doing the death wobble thing and scared the crap out of me. I'm yeah, like, I've done it. This I've is what they're talking about. Speeds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was also I've... hauling a trailer with it. Yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> it's like, yay! <laughs> so, so, do you? Yeah. I feel, man, again, we've just gone all over the place on this one. I, I blame the caffeine. I really do blame the caffeine today for me. I'm like, I'm like ADD brain right now. I mean, I. It, no matter what we say and what our argument is going to be, it's always going to be on that person's own preference of what they want i guess i mean you're not wrong there it's it's everybody's it's your you've you've got to figure out for yourself what you prefer your experience and what you do because i mean like i said i mean most of the trails that we've really done or that we intend to do i guess i should say that we intend to do we don't really plan on needing lockers so you know, and like like both of us have said, they come. Our trucks have kind of got a a roundabout way of having an automatic locker, but we don't. I mean, I don't think mine's really engaged too much. I've never noticed. I mean, it probably has. I just don't notice. But it's just it's really just what you're looking for or what you're planning on doing with your vehicle more than anything. So don't listen to our dumb ideas. <laughs> now going on to uh, light bars. I think that you shouldn't just buy a, a knockoff Amazon or Walmart light bar. I've Oh no. I spend my money on lights and even my rough country single LED light bar that I have in my bumper, I my headlights are still brighter than that thing. Now the two now I spent the money last year or two years ago and just got two little light pods, KC highlights, the Flex threes. Those things beat out everything so i'm a hundred percent for pods or um what you want to call it or uh like just individual lights like i'm a i'm a i'm a i love the classic kc daylighters like that is what i want on my vehicle i just love how they look and i feel like i, I feel like they're more usable than the light bar and they're better off at the end of the day because if you have a light bar it's only as good as whatever one you have in there, like as long as it stays okay. Because I've I've had light bars, well, not me specifically, but I've had friends that had light bars that go out. Like you have one or two lenses or lumens, lumens, light bulbs, whatever you want to call it, go out. And now you have to replace the whole light bar because you're missing lights in it. But if you had a like individual pod lights or the KC Daylighter, like individual ones, that's just one one housing you have to replace and it's a lot cheaper than having to get that whole entire light bar itself replaced. I feel like that's just the way to go for sure. Oh, definitely. And, uh, actually saw last line of defense do this. I mean, once I get the money for it or whatever, is he just put a whole bunch of those flex threes on top of his truck. Now that's a lot of, I know what those are to be honest with you. 
Uh, it's like their little pillar whites. They got the flex threes that are just like a, a triangle shape, and then they got their flex fours that are four, like a pod, like four whites of a pod. And they're super bright. They offer different lenses and so forth. They actually just came out with a uh, DOT uh, fog light, high output fog light uh, flex three now too, which I'm like, Ooh, I have my eye on those now. So kind of like those, um, pods that you have just a different brand or, uh, same brand, just, uh, more for DOT standard for fog light. So daily driving and you're not blinding everybody. What's your opinion on Amber's? I love Amber's. It's actually better for driving because it's easier on the eyes. As if everyone catches this out now, is you're seeing all these different uh, lights being put on streetlights. You got like a, a a very warm blue, and now you have a very off purple. It's supposed to be a new LED, purposeful for easier on driving at night and on the eyes because your actual daylight LEDs or your daylight color contrast is very harmful for the eyes. And that's why they're coming out with uh, blue filter lenses for glasses and everything. Now, you can actually get blue filter lenses without a prescription. It's just a blue filter piece of glass to protect your eyes for, like, computers and night driving and stuff like that. Because the LEDs are so bright and harmful for the eyes. And See, I've never, ever used amber, so I've never, like... I don't really know. I've never studied about or looked into them or anything. And all of a sudden, people started using them a bunch. And I thought it was just another one of those you know, fad type of things, but Amber is actually really good for the easy on the eyes. And then also for inclement weather, it for snow, rain, fog and everything. It, uh, illuminates better and cuts through everything a lot better. So I should replace my fog lights with Amber's. I would. I mean, that's why my headlights, I bought, uh, a transitional, fog light if my fog lights like to stay in my truck so i have to come up with some way but the bulb went in between a uh an amber uh 6000k and like a yellow light and whenever it was snowing or raining i always threw it on amber and even in a dusty environment it just works great okay well maybe that'll be a future upgrade for me see light bars before lockers again full circle we're back (laughs) now what i did with my light bar though too is going back to the amber is i bought some of that orange or amber tint and i threw that over the top of it and now my light bar is an amber light bar and works great i think i i mean i'm not so much for throwing light far but for close-up area it works great and especially during dust and little dust time and winter and everything else like that i think it's amazing your truck honestly looks really cool at night when you have your lights on. It makes me really jelly. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but also, light bar placements and another thing we could get into also. But doing a lot of research and listening to other people, the best place to put your first light bar, everybody wants to throw it on the roof and everything because it is your look of a light bar, is actually uh, your bumper or your grill, even with your other headlights, is the first place you should put a, a light bar and then onto the roof or so forth because you want that driving line. Yeah, that would make more sense because then you're actually, you're, you're not, flood, you don't need a flood. You need, well, I guess you do need a flood. Uh, I'm trying to think. 
So you you, know, you you do want this spot, but you also want a flood. A flood is a lot of light, short distance. A spot is high output, light, long distance. So would you say the one on your grill is a flood or a spot? What would you say that one is? That is a flo- uh, flood. Okay. So you the flood is probably – I would say the flood is probably more important than the spot because your spot technically would, I mean, I guess essentially be your headlights. You, you want your spot more up on the pillars or on your roof because you're throwing it further out. So See? that's that's why my, my uh, A-pillar lights – are a combo of flood and spot so they do both but it's higher up yeah so you're schooling me on lights i don't know there's there's a lot more to it than you really think about when you're doing your research and then just going on and ordering a 200 hundred dollar amazon light bar oh yeah i mean i watch uh (laughs) going back to the youtube school but uh (laughs) x overland and um Last line of defense and uh, field crash survival and stuff. They go through all like vehicle mechanics and light placement and all this other stuff, and that's what catches my interest. So I'm not an expert on it. I'm just relaying what they've said and what I've learned and seen it with my own eyes by putting it on my truck. You see, all I ever had really was, um, and my Jeep was like the most sophisticated by just having the lights on the roof and then the ones on the rear so I could see. And then I had some in the rear bumper, but that was about it. And I mean, it was just some LEDs that I picked up that I knew from uh, actually from Geoff's shop. Um, and that was that was good enough for me, you know. And it, it did its job, but it definitely could have been fine tuned better. Oh yeah, I and all goes into it. I mean. I was so excited to buy my first light bar, which was the Rough Country one. I'm like, oh, this would be great. I'll throw a light bar. They show, like, the great commercial on it. I put it on. I'm like, my headlights go farther. I mean, obviously, I have the LED headlights on, but I'm like, this is this is lame. <laughs> I think the light bars are definitely one of the, like you said, are not a Amazon special one. You, you do want to spend the money on them because, like, you're going to spend $200 on a cheap one anyways. And then as soon as, you know, a couple of the lights go out, you're going to be pissed off and having to buy another one. So at that point you may have just bought the expensive one and not had to deal with it. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's why like I did before I bought these KC flex threes, I did buy cheap Amazon little pod lights and throw them on. I'm like, Oh yeah, these will work great. They don't do anything. Bought the, spent the money on the KC highlight lights and whole night and day just unbelievable that was uh my first car my little blazer that i had the zr2 one i had a nice brush guard on the front and i put two of the casey highlighters um with the the yellow classic smiley face covers on them and i thought i was so freaking cool man i loved the look of those oh yeah i i want to get more of them but they are a pretty penny oh yeah I definitely think that that's what I'll go with. Um, I've been looking at roof racks for my truck, like a Prince or something, and I, I want to put four pod lights up there, um, like eventually down the road. That's not something I need right now by any means. That I I want to do the same thing, but Prince doesn't make one for my truck or anything, so it might be going into where I'm going to go to the DIY or keep trying to figure out this rhino rack situation. <laughs> well, are you talking specifically, you're looking for a no-drill one, right? 
Just I, one that's going to mount in your gutters? I wouldn't mind that, but then again, like, I already drilled into my uh, roof for my cab light, so it's like, well, I already did it once. So I've been looking, and pretty much the only one that I've found that's like a non, like a no drill, um, it has, like, you're using an epoxy, and you're hoping that the gravity and the friction of where it's sitting in your, uh, like, rain guards will hold it on, which really scares me to think that I might mount something to it and not just use it for looks. Uh, so I've kind of decided that I'm going to have to do one that's a drill. And I've looked into Prinsu, and I've looked into uh, Hook Road. Um, so they make one for the Tundra, and one of the guys I follow on YouTube, uh, Nomad, Nomad Overland, I think is his name, um, he recently got the hook road one installed it and showed it they recommend to use like the pop rivets and he's had it on for a while and he says it works great and i mean he's he's mounted some stuff up there and it hasn't nothing's happened to it so i think that's what i'll probably that'll be the route that i end up going there you go i mean there's also uh true and rhino rack that have little clamps that go on too that come on and off yeah, but, I mean, I just really like the looks of those ones that drill in. They just look so much better. The oh. cool factor, you know, that's what we're all about. All about appearance. <laughs> it's appearance over function, guys. That's what I've been trying to tell you this whole episode while I'm going in circles in my ADD uh, offshoots. <laughs> squirrel! But, but seriously, I... that's that's the episode name, is Squirrel. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, though, I actually bought a nut riveter, and I love that thing. I use that to put my little portable power box in the back of my truck. I just drilled a hot hole, put two little nut rivets in there, and then I could take it on and off. And I'm like, this thing's cool. I'm like, now, if I were to put on a roof rack to where I had to bolt it in and everything, this is what I'm going to use. Okay, so what you're saying right now is you're, you've used it, you're experienced in it. So I'm going to go ahead and just order my rack right now, and I will be up in Illinois in two weeks. I'm and actually going to go ahead and install it. The great state of Wisconsin, but okay. It's close enough, okay? I mean, I got a heater for the garage now. I got it all cleaned up, ready to do some winter projects in it. It's set to go. Come on up. I do need to buy myself a Christmas gift, and that's about it's a couple hundred bucks, so it's not bad. There you go. Yeah, I like that. I'll let you drill and pop rivet it so that I don't cry when <laughs> I do it myself. Uh, now, when I did my cab lights, I like measured like 14 times. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get a uh, like a wax pen or something like that, put the rack together. So how he did it was he put the whole rack together, obviously, put it up top, marked his marked where his things were, and basically he said, well, it looks right, so hopefully when I drill these holes, it lights up. I was like, man, if that's not me, then I don't know what else would be. <laughs> yeah, I, I've watched a couple of videos, too. It's like they get a moving blanket out, and then they put it out, and they measure it a couple of times before they do everything. Measure once, cut twice, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I really don't have much more say on on the light bars versus lockers. I, I feel like we've done pretty good of covering and realizing that there's not a clear winner, in my opinion. What do you think? Uh, it, to me, it all goes back again on your own research of your vehicle and what you have and what you don't have and what you want to spend the money on. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good... I think that's honestly the best advice that we can continue to give folks who are looking into overlanding, off-roading, even modifying your vehicle, you know, any possible way you could think. It's it's filter it down to what's best for you. Buy that $20 and light bar off of Amazon. Buy the $20 light bar off Amazon. Buy the, the really cheap used tires that have 2% uh, tread left or buy the uh, retreads online that will fall apart. Go with the cheapest possible stuff possibly. Don't even think about anybody else's life that people could be dying on the road because your car's not put together right. Just do it. Cool factor, man. <laughs> and this is where the disclaimer comes out really quick. Uh, Irons Overland <laughs> is not responsible for any of this. <laughs> <laughs> always, always go with the cool factor. <laughs> Absolutely. Looks before performance. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that covers that topic today. Well, I hope that y'all enjoyed um, the squirrel brain. Um, I hope that you could follow that because I don't think I could follow it on Listen Back, to be honest with you. But it's out in the world now, so we're rolling with it. Oh, yeah. you got to wonder if they're like actually taking our advice or like, oh, yeah, let's listen to a different point of view. Or they're actually just like listening to us ramble on like, what are they talking about? They probably are listening to us and saying, hey, let's, you know, I'm not sure what to do on this. Let's listen to these guys and figure out what not to do. Exactly. Do the opposite of what I, they I, say. That's what I would do. <laughs> I'd rather take that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hope you all have a great weekend, and thanks for tuning in on us. We'll see you next time. Laters. Laters.